Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. If you're doing it the right way, anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Freestyle Friday episode here on the Travis Makes Friends podcast. This is the episode where we kind of just do what we want. So in this episode, we talk a little bit about the Andrew Tate, Tucker Carlson interview that was released on Twitter. We talk about how to get your message out there and what YouTube's new boosting feature really entails. Let's go ahead and get into the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for today's hot take. And let me tell you, Today is a pretty scorching hot take because this is really controversial what I'm about to say. Freedom of speech matters. I know, I know, it's ridiculous, but it is kind of a fundamental building block of our society, especially in a free country. Yet, when people express an opinion that happens to go against the status quo, against the mainstream media, then they're often disinvited from any sort of real and meaningful conversation, and not even disinvited, but completely written off as though they're a conspiracy theorist or they're dangerous to society. And and now people are starting to take notice. And I think the broader majority of the population is starting to just really get tired of it and say enough is enough. And so recently, for example, there was an interview that Tucker Carlson did with Andrew Tate. Now, to be honest, I have not watched the interview myself. I'm not endorsing anything that was said in it. I'm not even saying anything good or bad about the two people participating in this. But what I did notice was something really intriguing, and that's the sheer impact that this one interview had in such a short period of time. On Twitter, this interview in less than 24 hours garnered nearly 50 million views. Now, I know that Twitter's definition of a view is different than YouTube's definition of a view, and it might be related to overall impressions, in which case the view count would be, you know, maybe five to 10 million or something like that. But this is episode nine of the Tucker Carlson show that's only being released on Twitter. So to have that many views, even if it is, you know, fifth or eighth or a 10th of that total number is still really, really impressive. And it's particularly fascinating for me because the because of the two people that were involved in it. we have one person who was is probably the most famous, most watched talking head in all of America in the news, and Tucker Carlson, and it was canceled by tech elites, you know, for, for, for by 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 the mainstream media, really, for lack of a better term, he got he got booted, even though he was the most highly rated show, I believe, on on Fox at the time. And then we have another person who was canceled by every single tech company. Like when Andrew Tate got canceled, people don't realize it wasn't just social media apps that that kicked them off of their thing. He was talking about banking apps and accounting apps and all these other different things that he was using that just completely would not let him use their platform anymore because of the things that he was saying. So both people completely for 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 different reasons were canceled by the quote unquote powers that be. Yet they garnered more attention and views on a single video that was released exclusively on Twitter than either one of them would have gotten even if it was on Tucker's massive mainstream media channel on his show on Fox. And the thing that 
I think is really promising about it is that it's long form content because long form content is a breath of fresh air when it comes to navigating these difficult topics, because most of the time Tucker Tucker's, you know, interviewing people for three minutes. They're doing a two and a half minute to five minute segment that's cut up into three different sections. And it doesn't allow for any sort of real discourse or any sort of civil conversation about any of the topics at hand. It only is optimized for short form sound bites so that they can promote the, the, the interview, get more views, therefore sell more ad space and make more money. It's a business and that's the way the businesses work, but that doesn't make it more trustworthy. So these long form conversations to me is what produce ideas that actually win. And I love how Mitchell Cox who said it when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. If you don't know who that is, theoretical physicist, insanely smart guy. And he said something that really stuck with me. He said, incorrect ideas come from interaction with incorrect ideas. And when you only have a four minute segment to be able to work through some of these insanely difficult and completely nuanced topics, you will never end up in a, in a, in a conversation that actually promotes getting to a correct idea. It's only ever going to support the argument of the person who's moderating or in charge of the interview. That's why if you watched, you know, let's say Anderson Cooper on, on CNN or you watch Tucker Carlson on Fox News, it's like it always appears like the person who's asking the questions, the person who's quote unquote winning the conversation. Well, yeah, because they only have five minutes. They're asking super pointed questions that are completely biased in a way that will only get the response that they want to get from the person. And then that media channel is usually catered to an audience that only cares about that host point of view and not the guest point of view, especially if the guest conflicts with the host. And so it's only reinforcing beliefs that people already hold rather than allowing a civil space for people of two different opinions and higher intellect to have a long form conversation and actually reach ideas that could potentially change something. Change your mind, change, change your opinion, uh, lead you in a better direction for, with more evidence to something that you maybe disagreed with before. So beyond the cultural significance of long form conversations that are free flowing, that, that aren't controlled by a mainstream narrative and shareholders, it also has significant impact for creators like myself because of just the sheer numbers that came from these things. I mean, if you stop to think about the potential that Tucker Carlson has here in terms of monetization on the media that he's creating now, which he owns completely, it, the numbers start getting ridiculous. Okay, so let's do some quick math here. And this is from somebody who is in this space for a living, all right? So let's see, Tucker has released nine episodes so far, okay? And on average, each episode has garnered a mind-blowing 49.8 million views on Twitter alone. And that's a staggering number, regardless of, because you know, some people, I posted this before somewhere else, and people are like, oh, well, it's just impressions and blah, blah, blah. Okay, regardless, 50 million impressions per video. That's still almost a half a billion free impressions just from posting something on your Twitter feed, which isn't even the platform that's supposed to have long-form content. It's not even the one that it's optimized for that, but it's already getting these, this type of attention on that particular platform. So let's conservatively assume $10 CPM. Okay. And for those of you who are not, who are not familiar, a lot of times in these, in these podcasting world, YouTube world, the media world in general, a lot of people charge based on what's called a CPM or cost per 1000 impressions. And, and typically for podcasts, that's going to be anywhere from $20 to, to $40 even sometimes, depending on the niche, the, the topic, the content, the brand, and all the other things that go along with that. On YouTube, it's probably closer to $5 to $10 CPM or something like that. So let's assume a $10 CPM just for sake of a round number. And again, this is cost per thousand impressions for ads on the episode. And, and bear with me as well and think through the fact that 
if this is a 20 minute episode, you can only put so many ad breaks in it and, and get a certain amount of revenue from it. But when you're doing a two and a half hour conversation or a two hour conversation with somebody, there's multiple opportunities for continued ad breaks. This is why Joe Rogan's show is so extremely monetizable because he's having a four hour conversation with somebody and you can seamlessly insert ad breaks in a four hour conversation in a, you know, a lot more frequently than you can on a one hour conversation. And they still don't feel like there are a ton of ads because the ad to content ratio is still really in favor of the person that's listening to the episode. And you can really feel this, by the way, when you go listen to Joe Rogan and and hear the amount of ads and you go listen to like a 25 minute podcast that has like the same number of ads that Joe Rogan does is like, whoa, that's way too many ads. Basically, 60 percent of this episode is ads. But anyway, OK, so conservatively assume a $10 CPM for Tucker. All right. So theoretically, with the viewership that he has, he could theoretically sell a single mid-roll ad spot on a single episode of his show for about a half a million dollars. Now, again, this could be a lot less because maybe their Twitter's measuring view as a different metric, but I assume that he would also be able to charge a higher CPM than this, frankly, just because of the brand that he has. So, you know, if you have legacy media type people, if you have legacy people, Tim Ferriss or Joe Rogan or anybody in, the, in that podcasting world, they're going to be able to demand a higher CPM just because of the familiarity of their personal brand with their audience. It's not even just an impressions thing at that point. It's the brand, the companies want to align themselves with Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss because they're going to take those assets and promote it. How many ads have you seen on social media of companies that are advertising their own product after they bought an endorsement or sponsorship on the Joe Rogan experience? They take that clip and they boost it with their own channels because they know that's going to bring them more name recognition, better branding, more trust with their ideal audience. They're, like, they're not dumb. They're willing to pay a higher CPM, even, even if it means that they get lower impressions, just to align themselves with that brand. And Tucker Carlson obviously has that type of a name. So yeah, maybe maybe the impressions are a little bit high, but the CPM is also probably a little bit low. So here's the exciting part. When you start adding these together, it's 500K per ad spot, right? So if you have a two-hour conversation and, that, and you can insert three ad blocks in that two-hour conversation with, let's say, two ads per block instead of three ads per block. Let's say two ads per block. That's six ads in a single two-hour episode. Six ads times half a million an ad is a $3 million episode that this person just made. At four per month, one a week, he's already he's already building something that's going to make him, you know, upwards of ten million dollars a month. Multiplied out, you have a nine-figure media company already with one show on one distribution channel with single with with with, with two ads and an ad block. It's already cresting a hundred million dollars a year just in projections before he sold a single spot. And uh, we haven't even talked about the fact that. He could add an additional episode every week. Now you have literally double the ad inventory to sell across. You can increase the length of each episode. You can do different types of episodes. You can, he can bring on other people like the Daily Wire did, right? You can start incubating talent underneath him on the Tucker Carlson network and sell ads across not only his whole channel, but the other 12 different channels that he now owns all underneath this one branch, which means, again, he can demand a higher CPM for that. So he's already on the road to making significantly more money than he ever made as a host at Fox, which is insane because he was the number one host on the number one you know news network in the country. And now he already has the potential to make more than that just by leaving that. And, and there's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, his first couple episodes got 100 million impressions, but now they're down to 16. You know, he's he's losing steam, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. He's only nine episodes in. 
the more he puts his content out there, the the more consistent he is, the better gets he gets as guests, the 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 more viewership he's going to get on each individual episode. Not to mention the more that his audience from Fox finds out that he's doing interviews long form on another, you know, censorship free content platform, the more they're going to start learning how to operate Twitter. Cuz you got to think the majority of Tucker's audience is is probably older conservative people in the Midwest. That's got to be the majority of Tucker's audience if I'm making big assumptions here. A lot of those people aren't consuming content on Twitter right now. He's only catering to the younger portion of his audience at this moment in time, in my opinion. If you looked at the numbers, I'm, I'm, I would bet money that they would support that. The more that he does this, the more that other people are going to be like, I miss Tucker. Let me go find him on Twitter or however you operate this thing. You know what I mean? And he hasn't even moved to any other content platform yet. We're not even talking about like, to my knowledge, the podcast, YouTube, and obviously, you know, he wouldn't be able to do everything that he does on Twitter, on YouTube that he does on Twitter because Twitter's owned by Elon Musk and he doesn't care if you interview Andrew Tate. YouTube would take the interview down, you know, within three minutes. So moving to other distribution channels, increasing the the volume of episodes that he's releasing, bringing on more hosts within his talent network, all of these things would enable him to be able to build you know, a, a company that pays him more money than Fox does. And even if it didn't, even if it didn't, he owns it, which means he can sell it or he can create licensing deals and he can license the content for other people to use or he can sell this, sell that, do merch lines. Do I, He has so many more opportunities by owning his own media. And this is somebody, again, who had the ideal, the dream job in that world. And even he's having more success out of that world, which makes you really start thinking about, man, at what point... At what point does this form of media just completely take over and monopolize the entire media landscape? That's a question maybe for a different day. So regardless of your opinion on Tucker or Andrew Tate or whoever else, you know, let's just appreciate the significance of the moment. To me, it symbolizes a new era where individual voices have the power to challenge the status quo, inspire change, and reach unprecedented heights, stuff that's never been done before. And in my opinion, that's only a good thing. That's only a good thing for those, especially for those of us. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters. Is, is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine 
is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. Us who are trying to get a piece of the creator economy. And really, I think it's a better thing for the ultimate discovery of continued truth. And that's really what that's really where the war is, in my opinion, these days. It's, it's the war is against truth at the expense of other people's agendas and biases. And that is something that is never a winning formula, no matter who it's being put out there by. So that's why I love the Joe Rogans and the and and I, I love this this these results that Tucker's been having because I think that that's a better way for us to find those correct ideas is to allow space for those incorrect ideas and correct ideas to collide with people who are willing to have those open and honest conversations without completely isolating themselves from an entire group of people just based on identity politics. So good stuff all coming our way hot take of the week hot take of the month freedom of speech is good all right y'all that is it for today's hot take so now it is time for the breakdown today we're talking about how creators can get their message out there a little bit more you know talk coming off of the heels of that tucker tate conversation it can be pretty easy for people like tucker to garner millions of views on something that he just started because he's been doing this for a really really long time and everybody already knows who he is but for those of us mere mortals that are starting from scratch down at the very very bottom we're always looking for ways to promote how can we get more people to listen to our podcast to watch our youtube channel and recently youtube has kind of thrown us a bone really Right, Eric? So yeah. let's let's get into today's breakdown to talk about how you can get more views to your YouTube channels really, honestly, really easily. So yeah, so YouTube just introduced their promotion tab, which is basically a way to run ads on YouTube without using Google Ads Manager, which... Which has never happened. Yeah, which has never happened. Yeah. Like running YouTube ads before was at least for me, a little confusing. Well, and it wasn't super user-friendly at it all. It was almost like shady. Right. You know, because I, t- I talked to, you know, people that I know who are really big on YouTube. And I was like, is there a way to just run ads to the videos yeah. on your channel on YouTube? Because, you know, YouTube ads are pretty intuitive. And they're like, yeah, you can do it. But it's just never, it's never going to, it's never going to work for the like longevity of your channel yeah. because there's no way to really optimize the ads like for the consumption of the video. Yeah. They're, 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 like different they're used for different purposes so if you send ads to your channel then you know the algorithm's not going to pick up your channel as much because it knows that the traffic that's going to the channel is less likely to watch the rest of the video so it hurt it affects your click-through rate it affects your watch time and ultimately will it'll get you on a hamster wheel where you just you have to pay for every video to get promoted or you're like you're never going to catch the algorithm organically which is to me a big problem and why we've never really done it before so this is a pretty new a pretty new thing yeah on top of that like i said it's just being able to be accessible to people who aren't used to running google ads because google ads is not an easy thing to get into unless you're an 
someone that does ads for a living. The best way I can describe the promotions tab so far is it's kind of like using the boost feature on Facebook. Hmm. Like it's easy to go in, pick a video, set it up and select an audience. Yeah. And so you can do, you have to do an existing video on the channel. It's not just some random video you're popping up in people's feeds. So it's taking them to your channel, giving you traffic, giving you subscribers. Like it's, it's a pretty cool feature. And so we decided to run a quick test. Lucky me. I got the beta first. So we ran the test on one of my channels. This is for film schooled. Yeah, for film schooled. And the channel was already doing pretty well. Like I had some videos that were popping off. I had some that were not popping off. So it was like, it was a good place to kind of test it. And I happened to have a video that was doing really well organically, had crossed like 100,000 plus views or was close to that. And so I initially started spending money on that. And so basically over the course of June 19th to July 13th, I spent about $368.09 on promotions. And the results were interesting. So I spent some of the money on the video that was already performing well to see how that would do. Mm -hmm. And I also tested a video, like you mentioned, for someone who's starting with nothing. I started a video that had zero views. I uploaded it and instantly spent some money on it. I'll, I'll talk about the results of both of those. But just to give people context. So May 1st to May 31st, the month before we did the test, the channel organically got about 79.4 thousand views, gained 229 subscribers and got a revenue of $75 and 72 cents. So that's the organic performance with paid performance. It got 147,791 views, 59,625 were exact direct result of promotions. It gained 9.7 thousand new subscribers, uh, which is pretty crazy. And then 5,769 directly came from promotions and the channel accumulated $226.62 in revenue. Wait, wait, five, how many? 9.7 thousand new subs and then 5,769 were the result of promotions. 5,700 subs came directly from promotions. Like directly someone clicked that promotion link and hit subscribe. For 300 bucks? Yes. So what I do wanna throw out there, because I think think this is why it was important to start splitting the spend across videos to see where it was working. Because the immediate questions I had when I saw the promotions tab was, is this going to be high quality views high quality subscribers. Right. And the answer is kind of yes and no. So I think someone who's watching or even me early on the test would go, okay, so you spent, you know, at the, at that point it was like, you'd spent like, I think $200, you made 226 in revenue. I'm thinking let's spend this every month. Yeah, right. Like this is a no brainer. The, the issue is it worked for the video that was already the video that was well. already doing well. So the video that was already doing well, that had brought in most of the money that had come in in May continue to bring in more money as I promoted that video. Yeah. I ultimately only spent like $49 on that specific video because I wanted to test out several different other videos to mm. see. And, and it, that particular video was pushing a demographic. I didn't completely want versus gotcha, gotcha. some of the other topics. So the video in question was like a little house on the prairie clip. I also want some people that like, like, you know, Spider-Man and some like other, <laughs> other things that are more, yeah. more relevant. So, so I, I split it up. The, the views that were coming in from that clip were still performing the same, doing well, the audience liked that stuff. I promoted a review I did of a Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, put a lot of ad spend behind that. What I noticed was people were clicking it 
but the actual length of view for those videos was super short. Mm. They're watching like 20 seconds, 30 seconds. People were subscribing, but I think it was just like, however YouTube was telling them to do it, they were just clicking it. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to the conversation on quality of subscriber, I think the best bet is to take someone that's already performing well, run the money on that, not run it into sure. you know something like <clears throat> I would not use this as a propulsion system for a brand new video. Yeah. Like or if you just don't like it's not gonna work if you're putting out garbage. Right. Or if you're right. just starting your channel. Yeah. Or yeah, or if you have a video that's already not performing, it, it's not gonna like get it to perform right. Like it will, but it's not yeah. gonna maybe give you the results that you want. Yeah, if you're already getting like the five, six percent click through rate, people are already liking yeah, it they're already watching i think watch time is the most important like if they're yeah. already watching four or five minutes of it like i have a video i'll probably run a test on this month that has like a i think it's like a seven percent click-through rate right now and it's got like out of the four or five minute video they're watching three to four minutes so they're watching most of it i'll so probably I, boost that so how many total subs now i th let me check because this is basically this is basically just your fun this is like your side channel because yeah. you like geeking out on film stuff yeah and you interview people in the film industry yeah and I've makeup been, artists special effects artists directors producers right behind the scenes type people yeah so right now it's at 12.4 thousand subs wow so out of that so like literally half 75 percent of that came in the last 30 days Yes, and, and half of that's directly tied to paid. The paid. And probably a decent amount of the other part of that came from, from the someone sharing it who of saw the it. paid. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, for those types of results, like, if you would have told me the results first and said, guess how much I spent, mm -hmm. I would have been like three grand, four grand. Yeah. You know, to get that type, those types of results with $350 worth of spend is like, I mean, Great job, YouTube. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I think the biggest benefits are going to be it gives more credibility. You've got more set. Like yeah. like for for me, I was thinking in terms of one. Yes, there's a nice there's a little bit of a boost in monetization. I think that's pretty much fate like fizzling out once since that video organically kind of slowed down. Yeah, but if I go to a film studio or if I try to land an interview and they go to a channel that has twelve thousand subs versus like four or 5,000 subs, it's going to be a big credibility boost. And like I said, it seems like the audience is for certain videos. It seems like the audience is quality subscriber. Like it's a real That's person. What I was gonna ask. Have you noticed like your baseline per video going up shorts yeah. videos? Yeah. It had already been going up pretty consistently, but like I'm noticing like the length of time between a video being posted and like YouTube recommending that yeah. is faster. And then the quality of person jumping in and the quantity of those people is going up. So yeah, it's, it's not like I stopped spending and then it was like, Phew. well, we'll keep you guys updated. Cause we're, so one of, one of my channels got this right. Not the other one. Both did now. Oh, yeah. they do now. Okay. Yeah. So if you're watching this video, you probably, we probably paid for you to watch yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll probably be testing it out with, at least with a couple of like our bigger and better interviews. Mm -hmm. Some of our like higher watch time videos that we already have on there yep. that have garnered a good amount of attention and have a high watch time on them already. And then we'll report back because like, like you said, this can be something that 
that really allows you to get to what we call internally in our businesses and our coaching and stuff, the MCS, right? Your minimum credibility standard. And there's just a, there's a lot of channels out there that just can't crest that yeah. because YouTube isn't their primary thing, even though their content might be really good. It's just that they, they, they haven't been able to figure out how to get it to, right. oh, we we're still at 342 subs yeah. and most of our videos get 12 views and we don't really know how to, you know, get to the next step. Well, it's like, well, if you, it's hard to fix what you don't know is wrong. Meaning like if you don't have enough data to look at, you don't know how to fix the thing that you're working on. Does that make sense? So yeah. like, you know, you, you almost have to have a couple of videos that do well and you have to start bringing traffic yeah. into the channel so you can start seeing like, oh, it seems consistently that we're like, we're, we're having a major drop off yeah. of viewership after they click. So like our intros are not interesting enough. Well, let's work yeah. on that. Let's try to get, let's try to get it to where, you know, they watch for 40 seconds instead mm -hmm. of 15 before they drop off. And then let's see if yeah. we can get that to a minute and a minute and a half or our click through rate isn't very good or whatever. Like you can yeah. start parsing through the different pieces of the funnel, quote unquote when you start having some traffic in there. So I like this move from YouTube, man. I, I, yeah. Like it's super, I, I was always curious why they wouldn't allow you to do that. I yeah. think that's really creator centric because even if you put money behind ads, you're not like, that's not going yeah. to be the end all. You can't just go right. spend a bunch of money on ads and then be famous from it or like get really well, engaged. Directly going to your channel. Yeah. It, well, you still have to make good yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. It just gives you a little bit of like, you know, a, a boost a yeah. little later to kind of condense the learning curve a little bit. Yeah. The, the biggest thing I'm curious to see them just develop on is just right now the targeting tools are so small. Yeah. Like you pick the country and the language that's pretty much it. Hmm. I'm interested to see if they go the Facebook route of like men 24. They subscribe to, to these channels. And, yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing too is like I do as, as good as the results are part of me is going like how much money gets pissed away in like a 75 year old grandma seeing a Spider-Man reveal yeah, or right. a 18 year olds getting a little house on the prairie clip or right. a whoever's getting from Chucky or, you know, like they're, right. they're getting this, they're getting an interesting range of videos, but that's also part of what I like is that it's just throwing it up in their suggested feed. Sure. So it's still relying on your natural, like thumbnail presence and yeah. quality. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like you can't, promote shit and yeah. think that that's pay gonna, your way to success. Yeah. Yeah. Right, not exactly. going to work. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. We'll keep you guys posted as we keep testing stuff out. And uh, yeah, if you see one of the videos, click it and subscribe and yeah. watch it. There you go. <laughs> so sweet. Well, that's it for today's breakdown. We'll catch you guys next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.